Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Trevor Estes. Enjoy. We're currently in a series. We're in a a seven-week series called How to Hear God. This morning, our specific theme is hearing God through praying scripture. Um, We're working through this book uh, midweek in terms of we've got people meeting in discussion groups. Our daily devotional content is written based on this this theme. Uh, People are reading this book. Um, And then on Sundays, we're using the framework of this book to guide our study of scripture together. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you're new and you don't know about this, um, it's not too late to jump into this series because each week is kind of a standalone week. Uh, And I I checked with our bookstore this morning, though, and Rihanna said that we are pretty much sold out of the books. We we cannot keep these in stock. We've honestly gone through over 300 books um, with people buying these, or we gave some away to guests at Easter time. But, um, but you still can get them on Amazon. So if you don't have a book yet and you'd like one, you can order them on Amazon or you can uh, order the Audible version. The Audible version is read by the author and he's got a great accent. Uh, and it's, honestly, it's fantastic listening to him. So, um, so there you go. But I just wanted to share a few pastoral thoughts about this series before we get into today's message. And what I wanted to share is this. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this series because I have a, a personal mission statement. I have a personal uh, contract in terms of who God's made me to be, but also a mission statement about how he's called me to live and lead. And my mission statement goes like this, that my mission is to serve and inspire and equip faith, hope, and love in myself and others. And this morning, I get to share with you something that has probably been most, one of the most rich places of relationship with God in my own life. Uh, this, this chapter we're in, in chapter 3, uh, this is a, is a way that God meets with me. And I, my prayer is, is that this morning I equip you or inspire you and equip you to, um, in your own relationship with God. If this, is, this might be a new form of prayer for some of you. Some of you will be very familiar with this type of prayer. Some of you, this may be new. And my prayer is that I, I inspire you for that. But at the heart of this series, uh, there's an invitation for us to make some changes in the way that we live our lives. Um, to reorder and to reorganize our lives uh, if there's something that we want that's more than what we're currently getting. So here's what I mean by that. You know the old adage, it says, your system is perfectly designed to achieve the results you are getting. You know this one? Your system is perfectly designed to achieve the results you're getting. When we think about that in our spiritual lives, there's, there's a connection there. And if you're content with the degree to which you hear God's voice, the degree to which you sense God's presence in your life, the way you feel that he's leading you, that you have a, a, an intimate connection with God and you know him and, and walk with him on a daily basis, if you're completely satisfied, then don't make any changes to your life. I mean that. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's working. <laughs> but if you sense there's something more, if you, if you have a hope or a longing that you think, gosh, I, I hear other people describe their walk with God and it sounds like something that I want but that I don't quite have yet. 
If you sense there might be something more for you, then it's probably gonna mean making some changes. And that's why I loved what Pastor Mike shared with us last week. He, he had this really practical message where he shared with us uh, even some statistics of how uh, the average American, how much time the average American spends streaming entertainment. Is anybody convicted by that? Uh, <laughs> um, and, and the invitation was there to, was not to, to shame anybody for spending time you know, streaming entertainment, but to say, what if you reordered your life and spent less time in that in order to make more space for God? And I think that's the invitation for us. Not, and that might be, that's not the only place that we might reorder. There's all kinds of things that we might do. But as I think about my own life, here's what I've discovered. And I, this is a, a fairly recent over the last several years in terms of uh, if I want to have uh, consistent time with God, before I start my day, before I get into the busyness of my day, if I want to have consistent time for that and make space for that, it doesn't actually start when my alarm goes off in the morning. It actually starts the night before with how I spend that evening. In other words, if I stay up too late watching something on TV or, or reading the news or whatever I'm doing, if I stay up too late, I'm more likely to hit the snooze button when it goes off. And, but if I, if I plan for, for what I want the morning to look like, here's what I do. I, I get my coffee machine ready the night before. I actually pick out my clothes the night before so I don't stand there in the closet asleep trying to think of what am I going to wear today. I, I, uh, I, I plan my lunch for the next day. I pack my lunch. I, I get everything ready. I get my, my backpack, whatever I need for the office that day. I get it all ready so that there's nothing to distract me in the morning from having that time that's the most important thing I'll do but I have to plan for that the night before. So the invitation in this series, you can't, there's, there's seven different uh, models for hearing God that are gonna be presented over the course of this series. And, and as human beings, we can't incorporate all of them at once. And so I wanna give you permission to not feel like every week you've gotta build a new practice into your life in order to hear God more. I would just ask you to pay attention. Is there, is there one that stands out to you that you feel like, that's the one, that's a new thing for me that I'm supposed to develop right now. And consider what it might look to reorder your life in order to make space for that. So with that in mind, I'd like to just open in prayer and um, ask God to awaken a hope and a hunger in us and to give each one of us clarity about what we might do to make space to hear from him. This, by the way, this is an incredibly, the, the, the book, it's by Pete Grigg. Uh, he's not a vineyard pastor, but he's a friend of the vineyard. Uh, everything in here, one of the things I love about this book is um, it, it feels very authentic to who we are. Uh, so the book's called How to Hear God, A Simple Guide for Normal People, which, I mean, that's who we are. We've always described ourselves as ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And, and then there's, there's a, a beauty to that in which we're, we, we, we have a humility of recognizing there's nothing that we can do apart from God working in us, and we believe that God, the creator of the universe, is working in us, that we can have relationship, personal relationship with the creator of the universe, that we can learn to, to hear his voice, to sense his leading, to allow him to move in us and through us. Like, that's that pretty audacious thing. And that's the promise of Scripture. That's the promise of all the generations of, of Christians and followers of Jesus who've gone before us. So we just get to be ordinary people with an extraordinary God. Holy Spirit, as we, 
gathered together today as brothers and sisters in your household. We remember, we remind ourselves and one another that you are a good father. And as a good parent, you love spending time with your children. You love when your children make time for you to make space. And and when we make space, you fill that. So Father, I I just invite uh, your presence into this time and into this week as we open chapter three and learn about this, this type of praying through scripture. Would you speak to each one? Would you awaken our hearts, cause our hearts to burn as you caused the hearts of those disciples on the road to Emmaus to burn as you shared with them the scriptures? Awaken our hearts to believe that there's more for us to make space for you. Would you give us wisdom to know how to reorder our lives and reprioritize? And as we make that space, would you fill it beyond anything that we can ask or imagine. Amen. Well, again, the title for this morning's session and the chapter we're gonna be in this week, chapter three, is um, Hearing God Through Praying Scripture. Uh, last week was actually about hearing God through Scripture as well. Uh, the, the, both chapter two and chapter three are about that topic, but there's a slight difference. Uh, last week was about reading Scripture in breadth. Okay, reading uh, lots of scripture and, and familiarizing ourselves with the whole story. It was about reading in breadth. This week is about praying in depth. Last week was about understanding God in scripture. This week is about loving God through scripture. Last week was about reading scripture with our heads. And this week is about reading scripture with our hearts. And I just want to say that these two approaches, these two chapters, they're not in conflict with one another. It's not like there's a tension and you have to choose which one. These are not not contrasting opposites. They're they're corresponding uh, complements. These two go together. You might think of it like the the pedals on a bike. You know, when one pedal's going forward, the other one's going backwards. But they're designed to go together. They're not pulling away from one another. The, The two work together. And so these two, the, the, the tandem, the powerful tandem of this type of scripture is there's, there's studying and then there's praying. There's breadth and then there's depth. There's understanding and there's loving. There's head and there's heart. And we just keep going over and over. And my, my suspicion is that every one of us, if you read both chapters, every one of us will probably be drawn more to one style than the other just based on our temperament and our shaping influences. But what I want to encourage you is to not neglect the other one because because, uh, there's a a power in doing both. There's a strength in in connecting with God through both. So this week's chapter is going to invite us into an ancient practice uh, here called Lectio Divina. It's the slow and prayerful reading of Scripture. Uh, Our author, Pete Gregg, he's going to walk us through the history of this practice and how we might incorporate uh, this rich tradition into our daily life with God. Um, I can say this, as I, as I alluded to this morning, in my own life, this is probably the most consistent way in which I encounter God in a, a daily or weekly rhythm. Uh, this has been the place where I meet God, where he speaks to me, encourages me, nourishes me, challenges me, convicts me. <laughs> empowers me like this. 
this is the practice that, that is the most consistent place where I hear from God in my life, which is why I'm excited about this morning. Um, in fact, uh, and, you know, Pete Gregg, and in the book, he calls this Lectio Divina, and that's, the, that's one of the, the names that this type of prayerful reading of Scripture goes by. Um, I was doing this type of prayer long before I knew there was a name for it or a, or a method. Um, I, and I suspect that's probably true of the early church. As Pete tells the history of this, he says this kind of was formalized around the 600 AD, and that's when it was given a name, and people began to identify some significant aspects to praying this way. And that's really helpful because it, it allows us to train other people to experience something we've experienced. But my guess is in the 600 years prior to that, people were already praying scripture. They were already doing this. They just didn't have a name or a method for it because this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit breathes on our study of scripture, awakens our hearts, stirs our spirit, and invites us to, to respond to God through this. So what we're talking about, whether you, in fact, a lot of you may not have heard of this before, but I suspect that you'll be familiar with certain aspects of it because this is what God does. So Pete Gregg's going to walk us through the history. He's going to show us how it's been adopted and adapted by followers of Jesus uh, across the centuries uh, to help us hear God through scriptures. He's going to give us some examples to help us uh, based on our temperament. He's going to give some, some different examples that you might connect with some more than others, but um, he's going to do that. And, th and then he's going to give us a specific model to pray through. Um, the one that he gives in this chapter, in chapter three, is the one that I've been using. That's the model of Lectio Divina that I've been using for about the last three to four years. Um, prior to that, I was using a slightly different model uh, produced by somebody else uh, that I used for over a decade. And so my point in saying that is that this is, um, this is not a rigid framework or a rigid structure that you have to operate within, a formula. It's just kind of a framework to guide you. And as you try this and try to learn from what other people have done before you, maybe you're familiar with this, but you hear a slight new invitation through the, this week's reading and this week's discussions, that, that maybe there's something new for you to adapt and see what God might speak to you through it. So um, today we are going to actually engage in this. We're going to spend some time, the, the majority of our time this morning is actually going to be spent trying this out together. And so I'll walk you through that. But since you haven't read chapter three yet, I'm just going to walk you through the four-step model that Pete Gregg is going to introduce in this week's book so that as we do it, it's not completely new territory. Uh, if you read the book this week, when you read the book, or when you discuss it with others, when you practice it, uh, there's a lot more content. I'm just kind of skimming the surface, but, uh, but he'll, he'll set the table for you this week in the reading. So the framework he gives, he actually uses an acronym called PRAY, P-R-A-Y, to help us remember. Uh, and so the first letter P, it's for the word pause. So this is when we quietly, uh, quietly prepare our hearts. So again, I found in my own um, practice of Lectio Divina, I found that it's most helpful and easiest to do this at the beginning of my day before I have begun to take in anything else. In other words, before I start listening to a podcast, before I start scrolling the news, before I turn on the radio or music, uh, before I start reading my email, all of those things. This is not to be legalistic. It's just that if I already have a whole lot of stuff going on, pausing to just sort of dial down takes a little bit longer because I've already started to fill up my slate. You know, if you're starting the morning with a clean slate, I've already started to fill it for the day. So what I try to do 
is I try to make this the first thing that I take in in the morning. Um, and I think of it a little bit, and for me, I, I think this is most important for my life to do this in the morning. Uh, I think of it like daily manna. So if you think about uh, the way that, that manna, the story of manna was told in Exodus 16, there's a story about God providing this miraculous bread. And it was, it was physical, it was literal bread, different than anything anybody had ever encountered. In fact, that's why they called it manna, which means, what is it? Because they're like, well, what is this? Right? But it was miraculous bread from heaven. And what happened with manna is every morning when the people awoke during 40 years that they were, they were in the wilderness, is they would wake up, they would go outside of their tent, and there would be this, this thing on the ground, this, this manna. And they could gather as much as they wanted for the day, as much as they thought they needed for the day, or they could gather as little as they needed for the day. But there came a point when the sun came up that it melted away. And so if you didn't get it early in the morning, you lost your opportunity until the next day. And I find in my own life that's true for spiritual nourishment as well. If I don't start the day that way, oftentimes the opportunity just kind of slips away. And I go about my day without that more deliberate connection with God, and I miss it, right? But here's what I find, and, and, and as a, I'm a perfectionist, and one of my challenges, it, the, the, probably the hardest thing for me in learning to connect with God is that I always wanted to do a full hour. Like, for some reason in my mind, that was the benchmark. I wanted an hour with God. And if I didn't get the hour, I might as well not do anything at all. And with manna, which, by the way, Jesus told his disciples to pray, pray this way, give us this day our daily bread, which it, it, that is a prayer for literal, like, God providing for our physical needs and our, our financial needs and our household needs, our health. But there's a spiritual aspect to that as well because Jesus said, he also told his disciples, man doesn't live by bread alone, but, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So part of praying for daily bread is to say, God, I need your voice and your presence in my life. I need, I need you, right? I find that, it, that if I don't make space in the morning, that, that oftentimes I, I don't come back to it later in the day. But if I do, it doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes or 45 minutes or that glorious hour. God uses whatever I give him. He fills the space. Right? And, so, and the th same was true about manna in the wilderness. In the wilderness, if it, here's what Exodus uh, 16 says. It says, he who gathered little did not have too little. And he who gathered much did not have too much. That's the, that's the miraculous aspect of provision from God. He will give, he will, he will fill whatever space you give him. So, quietly preparing your heart, I would encourage you to do it at the beginning of the day uh, before you take in a whole lot of other stuff. Um, in preparing ourselves, we bring our whole person to prayer. We pause to relax our physical body, to release tension. How many wake up in the morning, you're already feeling tense for the day? It's welcome to 21st century America. So we pause to relax, take in a deep breath, a deep cleansing breath. In our vineyard tradition, this is where oftentimes I pray, come Holy Spirit. Because in our vineyard tradition, we recognize that it's the work of the Spirit that changes everything. And one of the promises of the Holy Spirit, you can find this in like Romans 8, Galatians 4. One of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is to teach us to know God as a good father. That to teach us to, to respond to God in that, in that intimate place of a good parent 
who cares for his children and loves spending time with his children. And so it's that, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. So I don't presume that I can just connect with God because I've demanded it, because it's, you know, the time in the morning when I'm doing that. I say, come Holy Spirit. You want, to, you want this time more than I do. Would you, would you shape this time in my, in, my, in my life for this day? And in this time of pausing to prepare our hearts, we also deal with the distractions. Here's what I find. I find that there's oftentimes already distractions. Even while I'm praying, there'll be distractions. I can either resent those distractions and try and like spiritualize, say, God, no, I'm here for spiritual stuff and those distractions are about stuff for the day. Or I can bring those things in because it's actually in those places that God wants to meet me. It's actually the distractions that I'm already giving energy to, that I'm already feeling conflicted about or anxious about or hopeful about. It's actually in all those things where God brings discipleship for the day. And so, so if, if as you're praying, something begins to creep into your mind or your heart, or you find yourself wandering, just bring that back to God and say, God, would you, here's this thing. Would you, would you speak to me about this? So that's number one, is pause. Uh, the R is for read and reflect. Slowly read, rejoice, reflect, and repeat. So having paused to, to prepare our whole being for meeting with God, we then turn to a passage. And here's where the question comes in, which passage do I read? And because this is not about breadth, but it's about depth, we're not looking for uh, you know, a whole chapter or a whole book of Scripture we're looking for like a paragraph or, or a story, maybe a story from Jesus' life. If you're using somebody else's guide, which typically I'm using, um, I'm actu- I actually use the, the guide that's put out from uh, Lectio, from these, these guys. It's from the 24-7 prayer movement. Um, I like using theirs because here's, here's the deal. Pastor Mike writes amazing devotions for us. He is so gifted. Those could be published globally and should be. He is an amazingly gifted writer, and he actually pastors us through our devotions. Every one of those is like a a little mini sermon that we get to engage in. And and so I like listening to those. They're just hard for me to use for my personal devotional life, because when I hear them, I automatically start thinking about, oh, when when we need to do this, and when I teach this, it's so hard for me to stay focused on me, because I start thinking about you, and I start thinking about this moment. And so I like to use a guide provided by somebody else, and then the passage that we're going to be in for the day is like this present that I get to unwrap. And I get to hear, oh, where, where are we? We're, today we're going to be in Mark. Oh, that's cool. I, I like Mark. Or today we're going to be in Leviticus. Ooh, I hope God speaks to me through it. <laughs> you know? So, um, so if you're using a guide, somebody else is setting the passage for the day. Uh, some people use the, uh, the lectionary, which is a traditional, reading of, a traditional reading scripture based on the church calendar. And so you might be following the lectionary for a way to pray through Scripture and just what, what does today's lectionary have for the passage? Um, the beautiful thing about letting somebody else guide or using the lectionary is it keeps us from just cherry-picking our favorite passages or from avoiding the ones that are uncomfortable. It keeps us in the, the broad story of Scripture. And, um, and so that's a beautiful thing. But if, if you want to do a self-guided, if you don't have a practice for this in your life and you want to try this in a new way, what I would suggest and what actually Pete Gregg suggests as well is that you pray through the Gospels. We think the whole Bible is valuable, but we prioritize the four Gospels that tell the story about Jesus' life. They're the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
Those are selective biographies about Jesus' life, his ministry, his teaching. And so you could, you could spend a whole year just working your way through the book of John, one paragraph at a time, one story at a time, or through the book of Mark. So the goal with this type of scripture, again, it's not breadth, but depth. So just take a, a paragraph or wherever there's a natural break. Usually in this, there's a, it involves a couple readings. The first reading is kind of a general overview where you're not trying to, to stop and study something in depth. You're not going to your Hebrew dictionary or, you know, whatever to, to learn in an in-depth study. You are trying to get a, a general sense of the passage, but, but then you're going to come back to it a little bit later. So um, the first reading is a big picture for general understanding. The next one is a little bit slower, a little bit deeper, a little bit more reflective. And what we're inviting God is to draw our attention to a specific word or a phrase or an idea. Maybe there's a question that's asked in the passage. Maybe there's a command that's given in the passage. We're just saying, God, would you, would you highlight to me what you want to speak through today from your scripture? The next step, as you slowly reflect on this passage, um, is to ask, to turn your reflections into prayers and so this is our part of the conversation. Uh, having uh, listened to God through Scripture, we now respond with the questions or desires that get awakened in our hearts. So, for example, let's say you're reading through the Gospels. You come to the story of Zacchaeus. Everybody remember the story of Zacchaeus? He's a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, right? <laughs> Zacchaeus is somebody who was invisible because of his height, he was despised because of his job. He was a tax collector. He worked for the uh, Roman IRS, which is even more egregious than <laughs> our IRS because they were traitors. They were, they were Jewish people working for the Roman government, taking taxes from their own people. So he was despised, he was invisible, and yet Jesus loved him. Jesus made time for him. Jesus saw him and wanted to spend time with him when nobody else did. So maybe you read through that passage twice and you find yourself praying things like, your ask might be something like this. Lord Jesus, would you show me people in my life and my community that you love, but to whom my heart has been hardened? And then you just wait. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring that conviction, to bring that awareness are there people in my workplace, in my neighborhood, in my family? Are there people groups that I've come to despise? I, I treat them the way that people treated Zacchaeus, but I'm convicted that you love those people. Heavenly Father, would you forgive me for withholding love from others when you've loved me so extravagantly? I'm just giving you some examples of how you might turn this into an ask. When you've loved me so extravagantly, so generously, would you help me to share that love? Holy Spirit, would you soften my heart towards this person or this people group? Would you fill me with divine love that is unconditional and that reflects your heart of mercy? You see how, uh, how observing what's happening in the passage, just taking note of what's happening with a, a story or a character that becomes personal about our lives and it allows God to speak to us about our situation and our circumstances. So that's step three is ask. The fourth step is Yield. It's enjoy the presence of God. And this is a time of just like pausing to just kind of bask in this moment that you've had with God before entering into the day and saying, God, thank you for what you've spoken to me. 
Thank you for what you've encouraged me with. Thank you for what you've convicted me of. Would you now empower me to live this out today? As your time of prayer is coming to an end, this final step of yielding these prayers in this day to God is about inviting his presence and plans, inviting his, his will, his word, his ways, and saying, God, what you've shown me today, would you, would you cause this to take root in my life? Would you give me opportunities to live this out today? The, the Lectio 365 prayers that, that, um, that I've been using for the last several years, last three years, um, they usually conclude with this, this prayer. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. And it's just a beautiful time to just surrender the day to God. God, this is what I'm inviting I love that prayer because it's inclusive of the whole day, not just whatever the topic of my prayer time with God was. It's just offering, yielding the whole day to him. And in vineyard language, it's, like, it's kind of like saying, God, today I'm, I'm a change in your pocket. I'm a coin in your pocket. Spend me as you see fit today. So we're going to try this, okay? We're going to shift gears. We're going to try this. Here's what that's going to look like. Uh, our, our media team is going to soften the lights a little bit. And uh, we're going to put on a little bit of background music. Here's why. It's just to help you to, um, to tune out the others around you and to just be present. This is about you hearing from God. And what I've done is I, I selected a passage just to walk us through. And I prayed through it myself. And I just made note of what stood out to me as I prayed through the passage. And then I basically wrote a devotional based on that. So I'm just going to walk you through that. If you were starting from scratch by yourself, you might come up with a different set of questions. You might have different things that you, that you noticed and that you pursued, but that's the beauty of Scripture is God meets us where we're at. Again, this is like miraculous manna. What I find is that if I make space for this, God can speak what he needs to speak to me for that day out of any passage. It's amazing. That's the supernatural nature of Scripture and the God that we serve. So I'm just going to walk you through this. I'm just going to ask you to trust me. Um, I'd encourage you to close your eyes if that's helpful. We're not going to, we are going to, there's two texts that we're going to read, two scripture texts we're going to read. Uh, they'll be on screen if you want to open your eyes and, and see, follow along if that's helpful for you and your learning style. You can do that. If not, you can just listen. But um, the, the, the strength of closing our eyes is it helps us to just be present with God. And I'm just going to model this the way that, um, the way that the Lectio 365 devotions are written. So I did choose a passage out of the book of Mark um, because in keeping with that idea that, that we want to prioritize the passages where we directly hear from God, where we see, see God made visible in the person of Jesus, that those are our biggest priorities. So I, I chose a passage out of Mark chapter 1. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Come Holy Spirit, 
you make your home in my heart once again today? Enable me to open my whole being to the goodness and loving presence of my Heavenly Father. Would you awaken in me the same longing that drove Jesus to arrange his life for relationship with you and to seek your desires above all else? I choose to rejoice in God's promise that he will lead those who humbly and sincerely ask him to direct their paths. Psalm 25, the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his commands. Today I'm reflecting on an early Sunday morning at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Jesus had spent all day Saturday with a growing crowd in the town of Capernaum. They were gathering to hear his powerful teaching and to experience his miraculous healing over all kinds of sickness and disease. The people of Capernaum, and seemingly Jesus' disciples too, thought that he should stay put right there and build on the momentum of all that happened that previous day. They wanted him to remain there so that they would have ongoing access to his teaching and to his healing power. Mark chapter 1. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. He said to them, let's go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This first weekend of Jesus' public ministry reflects a pattern that would continue throughout the coming years. When people learned that Jesus had something to offer them, they came. They came with expectations and hopes, sometimes demands of what he would do and should do for them. But their agenda and their expectations for Jesus were often not the same as the Father's plans for him. So Jesus would carve time out early in the morning to spend time with God in prayer and there he would discover what the Father had for him to do that day, which also often meant disappointing the expectations of other people. I 
pause to find comfort in knowing that Jesus experienced the demands and expectations of others and their disappointment when he didn't or couldn't meet their expectations. Jesus, where am I currently feeling the weight of disappointing others who have expectations of me that are unmet or unrealistic or unfair or just not from you? Is the weight of disappointment coming from within me? Is it self-imposed? Jesus, are there expectations that I've put on other people that you want me to release them from? Father, I bring you my burden and the weight of unmet expectations and disappointments. I ask you to lift it off that I may live freely and joyfully in the plans you have for me today. As I return to the passage, I open my ears to hear your plans your directions for my life today. I open my heart to yield to your will, your desires above all others, including my own. Mark chapter one. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were looking were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, casting out demons. Father, what are the expectations that you would have me live from today? These expectations I've prayed about, are there ones you're wanting me to meet? Are there ones you're wanting me to kindly refuse? Holy Spirit, would you empower me to follow your leading in these things? 
permeated by your love, guided by your wisdom, walking in your power. And now, as I prepare to take this time of prayer into the coming day, the Lord who loves me says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in me with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek my will in all that you do, and I will show you which path to take. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. He who gathered little did not have too little. She who gathered much did not have too much. That little exercise we did, that was just 10 minutes. I hope God spoke to you something through it. I hope he awakened in you a hunger to spend time with him in his word, just allowing him to teach you to pray scripture in a, a deeper way. You can do this with our own devotions. Pastor Mike, when he writes our devotions, he, he builds some pauses into the audio version. If you're reading with it, you can put your own pauses in. But he also puts in, in the audio devotion, he puts in some pauses. And you can also stop it. You can also hit stop. And, um, and you can make it last as long as you need to. Living God, would you, as we as a people together, a, a spiritual family on mission, as we set aside these seven weeks to cultivate an, an attentiveness to your voice, to open our hearts to hear you in new ways and in deeper ways, in more ways. God, we ask you to breathe upon this. Breathe upon our conversations when we gather with others to talk about what we're learning or what we're challenged by, would you breathe upon those conversations? Would you cause our hearts to burn with a greater hunger for your presence and your will in our lives? Would you give us creativity to believe that we can uh, rearrange the circumstances of our lives to make more space for you? And as we respond to that invitation, God, would you fill it that it might be our joy to come to you out of duty or out of earning but out of joy to spend time with a heavenly father who loves us more than we can even ask or imagine we ask these things for your glory we ask these things for our joy and we ask this for the sake of the people all around us that we might carry your image in ways that are faithful to who you are Amen. We have some words for prayer today. Um, 
These are some things that our prayer team, as they gathered, they gathered before church started today just to, um, to pray and say, God, are there some specific things that you want to minister to? Here are some things that our team sends today. Pain in the feet, uh, freedom from the past, freedom from fear, resistance to the Holy Spirit's movement in your life. Yes, <laughs> that's the unqualified yes. And it's not a life sentence. God's truth will set you free. If that's for you, it probably one of those might resonate with you and you think, that's for me. That's like God sees me. And um, if that's you, we'd love to pray with you. Our prayer team is going to be available just all around the stage up here to pray after church. If you came for prayer and, and you need prayer today and it's not on there, that doesn't mean that we don't want to pray with it, with you. Uh, we'd love to pray with you regardless of what you're experiencing. Our, our call is to having encountered God to now go out from here and make the invisible God visible by the way that we live and lead our lives outside of here. Church isn't just about what happens when we gather. It's actually about what happens when we scatter. We go back to our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and this, this thing that we're doing, this is going to enable us to better, more clearly, with less distortions, make the invisible God visible. So don't forget, we do have a meet and greet lunch happening just off of the office lobby today. Uh, it's going to be starting in like in 10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes. And we also have uh, sign-ups, women, for the IF gathering out in Heritage Hall, right in front of the bookstore. And we have the training for new children's ministry volunteers, which includes lunch as well. So you have all kinds of opportunities, right? Yeah. I love you. Go make the invisible God visible. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.